Oh, hi. I'm Sadwater, and this is Sadcast episode 86. Hey, the year I was born. Hey, I just gave you that away for free. Now you know. Now you know. But whatever. It doesn't matter. By the way, this is um probably going to be one of the last Sadcasts with this name. I'm going to continue doing this the, the podcast under a different name, and also uh, I'm going to do a whole new show, like a show show, where you can watch it too. So... I'll keep you guys posted about that. Either way, it's all good. It's going to get better. So it's not like I'm quitting. I'm not quitting. It's going to get better. You know there's a worldwide uh, pandemic? Have you heard about this? It's called the flu. It's It kills 60,000 people in the United States a year. You know what doesn't do that? The coronavirus. You know, every couple of years we get some of these um, new trendy, new trendy scares that come out. And with that, uh, we experience a little bit of fear and all that. And that's okay. I think it's okay to think about our mortality once in a while, like the Kobe Bryant thing I mentioned the other day. But um, this one is, uh, I, I swear, I'm still not convinced it's a real thing. You know, the videos that were coming out of China where the people were just tipping over, were just falling over, I don't. I, I felt like that was just bad acting. And I'm not saying this is an inside job. It's probably real, but those videos just didn't feel real to me. And the fear that we're supposed to be feeling with this is definitely manufactured fear. Again, more people die a year and more people will continue to die a year with the flu. I thought that we solved that. I thought living in 2020, we solved that. I guess we didn't solve it. And uh, But you know what we haven't solved also and we will never solve is racism. <laughs> <laughs> and the media seems to be more concerned with racism with regards to the coronavirus than the virus itself. So in in one breath, you're telling us to be afraid of this thing, the media. You're telling us to be afraid of the coronavirus. And in another, you're you're telling us, actually, the thing you should be more upset about is the fact that we're all being racist towards the Chinese. You know, the loving... The loving, nurturing Chinese, you know, you know, those guys over there who aren't really a worldwide super. They're not trying to, you know, impose their ways on the rest of us or decimate our economy. The Chinese, they love us. They love the USA. Um, So we're supposed to care about their feelings. Uh, You know, I've I've been following this, I guess. Not by choice, just because it's what people seem to be talking about on Twitter. And the one that... This is like the best way to describe the Chinese to you pretty quickly. And then you're going to be like, Sadwater, Josh, you're a racist. And then I'll be like, I guess I am a little bit towards the Chinese. They don't care about... Not only do they not care about human rights which I, we do and we take for granted. I mean, we, we're a pretty good country, and, and we seem to be taking everything for granted these days. But they hate animals, too. Not only do they just hate animals that they eat, they eat anything, by the way. They eat living things. Things that are still alive, they'll just put it in their mouth and eat it. I don't know why they're like this. I honestly don't know why the Chinese are like this. But there's a report now that this has been growing viral on on Twitter that out of fear 
of their pets spreading the coronavirus, they're throwing their cats and dogs out their windows, out their high, high their 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 apartments that are ten stories, fifteen stories high. Like there's a there's a picture I'm looking at right now. It's a it's a dead French bulldog. Your French bulldog isn't giving you the coronavirus. It's probably the live snakes you are eating. They eat the weirdest shit over there. So it's just bizarre that 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 that, that, that they don't even they, they don't even go to the vet to check. They maybe they don't have vets. Maybe because their do- their pets, their cats and dogs are future dinner, future supper future meal like they keep them as pets but they're like "Mm, maybe i'm gonna eat this later on you never know and um they uh they didn't even go to the vet to check not only that but they didn't even go to the vet to put him down you know how people here you you hear you hear of lovely stories here of of uh people finding out their dog has cancer and then they go on a whole trip across the country with their pet and they they put it up on Instagram and then it goes viral because everyone can relate with that. Not not, you know, even people without pets can relate with that, can relate with the love behind that. But the Chinese have no love. <laughs> they don't have feelings. They're all they're all robots. Do you know that they steal all our technology? They don't make their own shit. They 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 have spies in our country stealing our technology. So, uh, you know, they don't really feel that way about their pets. They're like, uh, this might be sick. This might be spreading this thing. I have no evidence whatsoever. I don't even have symptoms of the coronavirus. I'll just throw it out the window. I'll just throw the do- this dog and this cat out the window. Right? Um, it's so bizarre. And then also there's a picture of some guy walking past a, a dead dog. Like, like it's just a normal thing. That's a normal thing in China. Go to the, by the way, it's not like I haven't been to China. I've been to China. You know what? I was in China for the seven to 10 days I was there. I was a vegan and I hate vegans. You know, I was a vegan because who the fuck knows what meat they're feeding you. If you order chicken, there's a 50% chance it's not chicken. It could be cat. (laughs) It could be something totally different. You're not supposed to. I mean, how how the hell would you know? So, uh, yeah, they do that. And then uh, CNN, you know, the CNN. We love CNN. We trust CNN. They are not biased at all. They are objective, as objective as it can get. This is this is CNN. This is why we all have grown to love CNN. Um, CNN is angry that white people are trying to uh, stop the coronavirus. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? Well, I can tell you. They tweeted a picture of uh, Trump in in a giant round table of other people, other experts. You know, if there's something happening, like a global pandemic, and time is not on your side, uh, you don't really have time to think about diversity. But you know who does? CNN and their brilliant woke Twitter admin. So they CNN Politics tweeted, Coronavirus Task Force, another example of Trump administration's lack of diversity. Yes. Do you know what won't kill you? 
the coronavirus. Do you know what will kill you? Lack of diversity. And I'm glad that we have fig- figured this out because I was I was scared of the wrong thing, you guys. I was scared of the wrong thing. Lack of diversity is what kills populations. It's what decimates populations. Diversity is our strength. Go look at any country in Europe and you'll see diversity is our strength. So um, I just think that it's pretty cute that, you know, CNN focuses on that. That's kind of how good we have it in this country where we will focus on the most trivial things and think we're doing good. We're doing a good job. Hoisting our agenda on you. You're you're a bad person. You saw that table of the Trump in the round table with, with the experts on the coronavirus and you didn't even see that there was a lack of diversity? You are a racist, you're immoral, and you're evil. You're just plain evil. And us at CNN, we're not. So... um. It goes even further. So it's not just CNN. So Jezebel, man, I'm going to be talking about Jezebel. It's uh, their slogan is a supposedly feminist website. No, no, you're you're a feminist website and you're not hiding it. I'm going to be talking about them a little bit more later as well, because I've been following. I have. So my new show is going to be focused more on pop culture, but I'm going to inject politics through that. So I've been following more of these kinds of publications and you guys don't understand there is also another epidemic going on. The consumption, uh, young people consuming this as their main source of of uh, news. It's scary shit, guys, because this is... Th- I can't believe this company st- can exist. I just honestly, I can't believe they can exist. You have all these people complaining about Fox News. Look at Jezebel.com and the people that work there. Really impressive people. So they have an article, and, and again, we were worried about the wrong thing. We, we you, know, you know how a lot of countries are diverting airplanes away from, you know, airplanes coming from China and really trying to figure out how to stop this thing and, or what it is? Maybe it could end up being worse than the flu, and we just don't know, and I'm, I have the wrong take right now. Maybe that's the case. Maybe I do have the wrong take. But the one thing that you should be focused on above all that, above diverting the airplanes— uh, above above uh, everything, everything I just mentioned previously, is um, you got to avoid the um, urge to be racist towards the Chinese. So this headline, it's, a very, it's very serious, you guys. Very serious. Uh, please don't use coronavirus as an excuse to lean into racism. Do you know what's funny is that maybe we're all kind of a little bit racist. <laughs> they have to warn their readers who are supposed to be the woke, the wokest of the woke to not be racist. Um, so the article goes to say, it seems like it might be common sense, but recent rumblings have made it clear that a gentle PSA is due. A gentle one, you guys. Like a little nudge. Don't be racist. Please do not allow for casual or overt racism in light of the recent outbreak of coronavirus. Right, you know what? I've been racist towards the Chinese way before the coronavirus. I'm I I'm not 
a ba- I it's just, this is not a bandwagon I'm jumping on. I'm driving the bandwagon. You know the bandwagon? Someone has to drive it. And I'm driving. I've been driving it. Wait, I mentioned. Oh, yeah, I mentioned that. I forgot the story. I, I mean, I, I've been to China, and I was a vegan. I was a vegan while I was there because I couldn't trust the meat. You know, you guys don't understand how gross China is and how gross the people are and how impolite they are and uh, and how they treat their people. So they, like I said, they treat their animals like shit, but they treat their people even worse. And that's hard to imagine considering how bad they treat their animals. There's a, there, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sh- play this video because I'm not going to read you a, a translated video from Chinese, but um, there's a video going around today of cops in China are using a drone to fly around and make sure people are not leaving their house. And if they left their house, they tell them to put a mask on uh, to, to, so they don't spread the, the coronavirus or to just go home. Like there's one part where it, they're chastising. So it's a drone controlled by the cops. And there's one that it's chastising and making fun of a old person like old man don't worry about the snow it's going to be gone in three months anyways go back home go back home now take your cart and go back home and then uh the this woman it's it's telling the woman put on a mask auntie why are you outside without a mask put on a mask and then it's uh there's one telling a little kid little kid go back home uh do what's right for the country do your part to protect the country it's bizarre. They have millions of people in work camps, in concentration camps, in China. I mean, if 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 you d- if you have a family member disappear, you're not worried that someone kidnapped your family member. You just know it's the government that did it. They have three million Muslims in concentration camps there. What the hell are Muslims doing in China? I have no idea, but they have them mostly in concentration camps. You have no freedom of speech in China. You have no freedom of expression. You have nothing. You have nothing. You are a cog in the machine of the Chinese government. The way that they look at you is um, a liberal's dream. The government controls all. I mean, that's what they want. It's funny. That's what they preach what they want until they get it. And uh, so the article goes on to say global pandemics are abjectly terrifying, but especially so with coronavirus, a fast-spreading flu-like virus that originated in Wuhan, China. According to recent reports, there are over 8,000 confirmed coronavirus cases of coronavirus, and the death toll hovers around 170 people. So, okay, we don't need that whole recap of what it is. We know what it is. Uh, consider the antics of the American conservative, a noxious website whole, uh, whose sole intent seems to be sowing widespread xenophobic panic about anything and everything. An article that I refuse to link, well, your job is to link your sources, you idiot. It, it doesn't, you're not helping them. You're supposed to link your, so I'm supposed to just take your word for it? Okay, I'll take your word for it. An article that I refuse to link uh, to for my own mental sanity, is your mental sanity that flimsy? Very sad has referred to the coronavirus as kung fu, which is racist, but also lazy? Well, look, I'll agree with you, it's lazy in, in co- comedic aspects, but, but also I've seen what you're talking about, and it's a joke. It's a joke. Have a little bit of a sense of humor. 
Conservative op-ed writers across the great, this great nation, you know that they're saying that sarcastically, they hate this nation, are certainly seizing upon this opportunity to rifle through their bag of racist insults and come up with xenophobic quips, but I urge them all to be slightly more creative in their endeavors. All right, lady. You know this is the lady that wrote this. Let me double check, and it is. Oh, and it's filed to one woman's take. Yes. Uh, you are racist. Your whole side is racist. Do you see how they talk about white people? They hate white people. Completely disparaging. If they, they, they always. If there's an opportunity to disparage white per, uh, white people, they they take it. So shut the fuck up. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to ASAP Science. So it's an account run by two gay dudes. And they do science videos, but it's it's with a political twist always. There's all it, it's not really science. It's more like politics disca- hidden in science videos. And uh, I I posted about this, and this guy is flaming. This guy's flaming gay, and uh, you know he's again telling us not to be racist towards the Chinese, bro. You would be in those concentration camps if you lived in China. They don't take too kindly to you, gay folks. <laughs> And uh, let's just watch this video. It's it's super cute. Also, I hate their hand gesture, like his hand gestures in this video. It's in his tone. It's all very condescending. It's like a it's like a first grade teacher. So you know you can't make fun of people who eat live rats. If you do, you're a racist. It's uh, let's listen to this. Someone commented he's still annoying even when he's muted. So this video at the time of showing has close to 600,000 views. We live in Toronto where the SARS virus got world-scale attention. That's because the only people who died outside of Asia from that virus were in Canada. And most of them were in Toronto. With only 44 people dying in total in Canada, it had a huge impact on our city. We lost a lot of tourism, we lost millions of dollars, but most importantly, we saw a lot of stigma and racism towards Chinese people. It's important that... Most importantly, we saw stigma and race. The most important, not the 41 people that died. <laughs> That's not the most. Most importantly, we saw some some racism in, in also anecdotal racism. It's it's just hearsay, really. But that's the most important thing, not the 40 whatever people that died. No, it's it's the racism. You guys know that racism is worth that worse than, you know, someone dying, right? not repeat those racist notions that happened here in Toronto and we all need to be aware of this when we talk about the current coronavirus. On our social media channels we have seen lots of people saying things like this always happens in China and relating it a lot to the types of foods that Chinese people eat. But it's important to remember that Western food practices are what created mad cow disease and also Western meat consumption has created a big issue with antibiotic resistance. We need to listen to and trust public health professionals and we need to not overreact and we need to not use this as an excuse to be racist yeah we do yeah we do you know why it's fun okay sometimes we need jokes and sometimes jokes can be insensitive and we gotta do it we gotta do it in these times you guys sometimes we gotta do it and you know what? i'll 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 take the bullet for you all and i'll do it you know he was talking about listening to health experts uh and health officials you know who doesn't have that china google the wuhan 
the the food market there and see 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 how healthy it is. There's okay, so I saw a little clip of a video. There's some rats frolicking along a piece of cow, a dead cow. A piece, a slab of meat. Some some rats just frolicking along. You know what I saw next? That dead rats that they eat. <laughs> so don't judge. You know what's funny with all these people is is you're not not only are you not allowed to judge other cultures, but you're not allowed to say that your culture is better. You know we're allowed to say so. Uh, this movie is better than this other movie. We're allowed to say that this sports team is better than this other sports team, or that this person is more talented than that person. But you know what we can't say? We can't say our culture is the best culture in the whole world. You know why? Because that's racist. And then if you inject a little bit of jokes, like not even the most disparaging kind of jokes, like light things like saying kung fu or whatever, you're racist. You're racist and evil, and you need to stop. Because you know what's more important than the 41 people that died from SARS, the disease that originated from China? You know what's more scary? You know what's scarier than all that? Uh, it's the racist comments that can come after that and maybe offend some people and hurt some people's feelings. Uh, I learned so much right now from ASAP Science. That was the most scientific video I have ever heard in my life. And I know science. And that my friends is science so um you know all of this this is this is there's no segue here i wanted to talk about this last week and then i was like you know what? this was from a week ago it's not really news anymore but um i guess it still is because on the train on the subways of new york there's uh some ads that okcupid posted i would love to meet the person that came up with these ads or these types of ads because it's it's you gotta you gotta believe it's it's someone who's lonely and is telling other people to be not only lonely but okay with being really really picky so uh and also probably a woman yeah i know i'll get to that in a little bit too with uh my hot takes on women so it's okay cupid it's some ads and i'll read them to you one goes it's okay to choose mr right based on how far he leans left you know, because <laughs> that's a nice play on words. And also, you know, if someone is leaning right, again, they're evil, probably racist, definitely voted for Trump, not a good thing. And, you know, if you meet someone that you like and and, and, and uh, you're vibing with, but you kind of think he's leaning on the right, you got to keep looking. And you know where the best place to look? It's okay, Cupid. Not in per not in real life. Go on the dating app. Go on the dating website. You'll meet you'll meet Mr. Left there. And then another one goes, It's okay to not date a man who won't vote for a woman. <laughs> um what? <laughs> Imagine going on a date and asking a guy, Would you vote for a woman? Like on the first date you ask, Would you vote for a woman? Uh, I would say no. I probably wouldn't. I probably would just say that just to see what their reaction would be. And if they can't take a joke, then, you know, I'd, I'd be like, okay, dodge the bullet right there. And then the third one, the third OkCupid thing says, it's okay to be fully committed to an open relationship. What? It's okay. So what's the point of your website, friend? 
What's the point of Oh, I guess actually maybe it makes sense because if you meet someone you like on their website, they still want you to use their website. So they're going to say continue using it and continue meeting people and monogamy is garbage. You know, guys, the thing about monogamy is it's it's an invention. And like inventions, there are good ones and there are bad ones. And it's debatable for people to say that, uh, to debate about monogamy. And, and some people can be like, monogamy is bullshit. And other people will be like, no, it's great. It's created the civilization you're living in now. And it creates stability for kids. And for the woman too, the woman that you supposedly love. It, it, it gives her uh, a sense of appreciation, obviously, and it, it, vice versa. And uh, and and it ma- makes her comfortable in the situation. Like you won't leave her for a younger model. And um, but you know, I guess there's a there's still a debate to be had. It's an invention. And uh, I I mean I I personally don't think that there's much of a debate. I think there's enough evidence to prove that it works. And yes, you're right. It doesn't it doesn't mesh with human nature. Men are supposed to spread their seed and like Genghis Khan and just spread their seed, but it doesn't really work anymore. We built these, um, you know, countries and communities and standards and all these things, and it just doesn't. That's not how it is anymore. You know, you know what sucks? Working out. It sucks. I mean, and you're in pain, you're in aches and pains and whatever, but the results are good and you feel good about it after. And that's kind of how monogamy is. You know, it's like that. You need to put work into it. It's hard sometimes, but the the end result is always positive. I mean, I have yet to see a polyamorous relationship that works. You know they don't work. Because you know what else is part of human nature? Jealousy. We get jealous. We're territorial. We don't like that stuff. Especially if you're a real man. You won't want another dude having sex with your girlfriend. What kind of man are you? So, um, I guess, okay, Cupid, maybe you might be right. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're, you, you're The people in your marketing department are just woke, miserable people. It's okay to be fully committed to an open relationship. That doesn't mean any. Those are just words you mash together and to make a sentence. So structurally, yes, it's a sentence, but doesn't mean anything. There's nothing there. It doesn't. There, <laughs> it, it, it's, you're not saying anything. You're like um. You're like a a wellness speaker. What's it called? The wellness speakers. What's what's the what is that? I forget what that's called. Like the Tony Robbins guys. They say a lot of wonderful sounding things that, when you really think about it, amount to nothing. And that's what you are, okay, Cupid. But speaking of woke capitalism, I'm not speaking about that anymore. I actually thought I had something, so I switched the order of things. I kind of want to talk about something really, really, really serious. And I stumbled upon this article yesterday, then I stumbled upon another article that's kind of similar to this one. And... um. But it's about sex trafficking. And I've mentioned this probably on 30, around 30 podcasts ago, I probably spoke about this. I kind of vaguely remember talking about it. And it's a story that kind of percolates and kind of pops up, but then it goes away pretty quickly. And um, 
it's uh it's pretty interesting because where did I put it? It's pretty scary actually. So goddamn emails. Um America's dirtiest little secret exposed. So before I before I get into the article, do you know how the Jeffrey Epstein thing blew up and then it kind of fizzled out and even hearing his name right now is a little bit shocking to you because you totally forgot about that. He wasn't the only one. He wasn't the only underage sex uh, underage sex trafficker. He's kind of like Bertie Madoff in the sense that he's the most high-profile one. But that doesn't mean, just because there's only a high-profile person doesn't mean he's the, he's the only one. doesn't mean that it's not really uh, uh, an epidemic, a major problem. But it is. And you know how slavery still exists in the world oh no you don't oh yeah 60 to 90 million slaves around the world and the united states we were the first to abolish it so thank you very much we were we were all we also took in the the fewest amount of slaves compared to brazil brazil took in in the slave trade era took in 90 percent of them we took in under 10 percent for sure we we took in like 300 and something thousand slaves at the height, I think that's how many we had in this country, which is relatively a small number. And we have remedied that whole past. I mean, people like to bring that up. Like, people like to bring up the whole Native American thing. 90% of the Native Americans died from the disease brought over. And it wasn't a conspiracy like, oh, we're going to bring all the disease. They're not going to have immune a good immune system. We There was no such thing as immune system yet. We didn't know about germs. We didn't know about washing hands. We didn't know about any of these things. But that's what killed the Native Americans, most of them. It was the disease brought over. So the same thing. We, we uh, ended slavery in this country, and we didn't bring uh, most of the slaves. And, and at the height, we didn't have as many, close to as many as every pretty much every other country that, that was involved in slavery. And uh, so it's 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 interesting that with with the sex slavery and the underage sex slave stuff, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein is the only name that people really know. And um, it's funny that the. That that slavery hasn't with regards to this slavery hasn't really ended, so we abolished it. But there's still a major operation in the United States with regards to underage sex trafficking. And, uh, ambulance. And, um, the people who, who can't let go of the past and keep talking about the slavery that we had 200 years ago in this country, and, uh, it's all done. It's all, it's all gone. That, that's, that's, such ancient history but the people that keep harping about that as a major problem in our sins of the past they're disingenuous and stupid because they know exactly what they're doing they want to keep us divided like like the feminist movement and all that they want to keep us divided but so this is here it says america's america's dirtiest little secret exposed yeah but exposed for how long you're gonna we're all gonna forget about this pretty quickly because it's the elites in the, in this country participate in this kind of stuff. So does Hollywood. When I say elites, it's it's the people in the political world, the the bankers, and and people in Hollywood and all that. They all participate in this. 
But you know what? Not not that's just not true. People participate in this. So it, it starts off, the article says, there can only be one winner emerging from this year's Super Bowl showdown between San Francisco and Kansas City, but the biggest losers will be the hundreds of young girls and boys, some as young as nine years old, who will be bought and sold for sex during the course of the big game. It's common to refer this evil practice, which has become the fastest growing business in organized crime and the second most lucrative uh, commodity traded illegally after drugs and guns uh, as child sex trafficking. But what what we're really talking about is rape. Yes, this is rape. This is pedophilia and this is rape. Um, I, I... I'm going to continue reading this in a second. I I made a disparaging tweet towards this uh, porn star yesterday, and there were a lot of white nighters, people really sticking up for her. And, um, you know, go back and listen to the podcast I made about porn because I I think that I'm really firm on on that stance that that I, you know, after a long period of thinking about it, I'm pretty firm that, Porn is a major problem, and porn definitely contributes to this sort of stuff. And uh, you, you'll be like, "No, but you have to be eighteen to be a to to work in porn, and you're considered an adult by then." Yeah, you're right. But a lot of people who start off on porn, they do it because they're being blackmailed. They don't do it by choice. They do it because they're blackmailed, or they have a drug problem, they have substance abuse. They're you're talking about a pretty unhappy demographic of the of the working population. And then when we have when we have uh publications like Jezebel calling them sex workers, you're only validating that as proper work. It's not it's not something to revere. It's it's something that is part of the decay of our country. So the article goes on to say adults purchase children for at least 2.5 million times a year in the United States. That's an insane, that's an, a mind-boggling number. So basically millions of people are participating in this. This is not just the elites. This is not just the Jeffrey Epsteins. It's not just young girls who are vulnerable to these predators either. According to USA Today investigative report, boys make up about 30%, 36% of children caught up in the U.S. sex industry, about 60% are female and less than 5% are transgender males and females. Consider this. Every two minutes, a child is exploited in the sex industry. That is fucking crazy. In Georgia alone, it is estimated that 7,200 men, half of them in their 30s, seek to purchase sex with adolescent girls each month, averaging roughly 300 a day. That is crazy. I, I honestly, it's it's insane that we have the the politicians in our country right now are playing a game. They are putting on a show of impeachment that isn't going to happen. Trump's going to stay in office and he's going to win again. They're not focusing on the real problems. They're not focusing on the opioid op- opioid crisis in this country. They're not focusing on the rampant immigration, illegal immigration in this country, which in part that we have a drug problem because we don't control our borders. They're not focusing on any of that kind of stuff. They're not focusing on the child rape stuff. 
They're not even focusing on the Jeffrey Epstein thing, to be honest. And that guy's high profile. They do not give a fuck about you. They do not, And this is Republicans and Democrats, to be fair. They don't care about anything. All they care about is putting on a show. They're putting on a show, and you know. also they make a bunch of money. Do you know that, that politicians are... You know how you can get in trouble for insider trading? So if your friend works at a giant corporation and they tell you something, like this thing... Where, like they tell you that there's going to be a major merger. They're going to merge with this other company. And then you start buying stock in both those companies because you, you know it's going to be major news and you get caught. You can be sent to prison because that's called insider trading. You know who doesn't get in trouble for that and also has access to all that kind of information because they're politicians and they're privy to it? Politicians don't get in trouble. If, if you're a congressman or senator or president or whatever uh, and you participate in that kind of behavior, you will not get in trouble. It's not against the law for you if you're in politics, if you're in the legislative branch of government. You're not, you're not a criminal. You're not considered a criminal. You know how they make their money? By knowing all that information. That's how they make their money. They do not care about you. They do not care. I mean, I'm so surprised that this is even being reported because the media doesn't even care about this kind of stuff either. The media could care less about this kind of stuff. They're too concerned with with uh, if we're being racist towards Chinese people because of the coronavirus. Fuck the Chinese. Fuck <laughs> fuck all of them. You know who I care about? America, the United States of America. And we got to start caring about where, we're, where we live and where we're from and our culture. It's impossible to care about a place if you don't care about the people in it and if you don't care about preserving the, the spirit of this country. And if you if you keep disparaging this country and if you keep shitting on this country, then nothing matters. Then literally nothing matters in the the sex traffic. None of this matters. None of it matters. You know what matters? You. We live in the most narcissistic narcissistic times in human history. So that's all that matters. You. You know what we get when people start leaving religion and start start uh you know. Adopting uh, ra- uh, races, uh, atheism as their as their relig- religion, which is really lack of religion. Um, you become God. You become the most important thing in the world, and nothing else matters. This is how we get to where we are right now. This is how sex slavery and child sex slavery and child rape becomes big business in America. When you start abandoning. Everything that made this country great. This is insane. So it said, it goes on to say, this is an industry that revolves around cheap sex on the fly with young girls and women who are sold to 50 men each day for $25 a piece. While their handlers make $150,000 to $200,000 per year. Per, chi- per child per year. Not in general. Per child per year. And this is not only in big cities, it says. This is this is just everywhere. This is everywhere. Um I'm it goes on. We don't need to and, and oh and then and then also uh it, it makes a good point that the Catholic Church and the and, and Protestant churches have been singled out in the recent years for harboring these sexual predators, but it's not only them. It's not only them. It's normal people. I mean, people who seem normal. 
if you want this article, DM me on Sadwater or Josh Lakash on Twitter. But uh, it's pretty depressing. So, so now here's a good segue. Speaking of sex slavery, sex work positive movie. There's a sex work positive movie called, uh, it's called Jezebel. And uh, you know who's reporting on it? Jezebel. I'm starting to see a pattern in today's podcast. <laughs> Jezebel. Let's hear what the director has to say. Um, so let me read the tweet first. It says, the thing about sex work is a lot of it is actually not about sex. Sex work is a lot about finding, uh, a lot about people feeling disconnected, feeling lonely. Yeah, you're telling me? You're telling me. You know what we need more of? Because not only were we living in the most narcissistic ti- narcissistic times, but we're also f- living in the most lonely, disconnected times. You know what we're supposed to uh, get more of? Porn. We need more porn. We need more sex workers. I fucking hate that term, sex workers. You're prostitutes. You're whores. That's what you are. You're not a sex worker. You don't... I mean, to, to put the word worker in it, it's like it's like a steel worker. That's a, that's a real job. Or... or, or <laughs> <laughs> but you you you're you're co-opting the 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 word worker into it just to dignify your job when it's the it's the it's it's the one of the worst jobs available especially for women and I'll get into that in a second. Let's hear what she has to say. This is a 2 minute and 50 minute video but uh we're not going to watch the whole thing. Let's hear about her movie. Let's hear about let's let's hear what the director of Jezebel has to say. The thing about sex work is a lot of it is actually not about sex. Sex work is a lot about people feeling disconnected, feeling lonely. So I really wanted to show that and not have any focus being on nudity. You know, as soon as you go there, that's all people really think about. Jezebel is based on a true story, my true story. It's about two sisters living in Las Vegas. One is a phone sex operator and encourages her younger sister to become one of their early cam girls, which... You want to know why she encourages her younger sister to become a, one of the early cam girls? Because they don't have a dad. You want me to? You want me? You want me to guess why they don't have a dad? Oh, because these. Well, first of all, look, Netflix made this movie, so good. Good job, Netflix, continuing to pump out the garbage propaganda. You know why? Um, you know why my hunch is telling me they don't have a dad because, uh, this got greenlit right away in Netflix because it's a woman of color, a black person who is championing sex work right away. All you, I mean, if you want to go pitch a movie to Netflix, just do that. Just just go get those buzzwords and, and, and maybe pay a black friend to pose as you, and you split the money with them, and, and don't even make the movie. Just run away. <laughs> um, but, you know, black people, uh, because of the war on poverty, the war on drugs, the welfare system and all that it decimated the black family and uh th- there's a revolving and that now because of the war on drugs because you have gangs and all that there's a revolving door most most males end up in prison so most of them will make a baby with someone and then end up in prison so the kid won't have a dad so so this is what happens when you don't have a dad you become a sex worker i'm you know i'm not going to even look it up i guarantee you she doesn't have a dad Maybe she doesn't even have a mom. A lot of them are raised by their grandparents. For internet models, nudity requires great pay. 
not only is it a, a sexual coming of age and discovering, you know, what you like and what you don't like, but it's about, wow, there's this thing called the internet where you can connect with someone who you may never meet, you may never see, but you can develop very real feelings, very real attachments. No, they're, they're not very real feelings and they're not very real attachments. It's all, all an illusion. It's pure bullshit. And also, coming-of-age story, do you not know what that means? Typically, when I think of a coming-of-age story, I think of, of a nice teenage couple who they fall in love for the first time, and they love each other, but then they grow apart because they're going to college, and they learn a lot from their first relationship. That's what I think about. I don't think about becoming uh, a coming-of-age wh- where uh, it means you become a sex worker online. Uh, what? And that is exactly what happens in that work. Jezebel's a name that I've just always loved. I always actually wanted to call myself Jezebel, but I never used it because I was always told that that's a name for a whore. That's a name for, you know, a bad girl. So when I started doing the cam girl work, that was the first name that I wanted to use because it was like a forbidden name that I just thought was a beautiful name. Yeah, it is a bad name. It's it is does mean whore, and you are a whore. I mean, <laughs> it's literally you're the definition of that. And you know what else is the publication that wrote about this, that posted this? Jezebel. This is my problem with what's happening right now, the current state of women. Uh, and it's also it's because both sides are, are buying into the wokeness, the feminism. They're buying into my body, my choice. They're buying into all of the slogans that do not make sense if you really put it under a microscope. And the problem is, you know what? Let me just get to the next thing. So, I um, there's a there's a a porn star. I actually used to know a guy who dated her, and I wonder why they broke up. I wonder why their relationship didn't um didn't thrive not only did it not last but it didn't it, w- it didn't even thrive uh nice girl so she tweets her name is riley reed she tweets uh nice girls with nice butts so it's a picture of her and another girl and they're showing their butts what else could you ask for i wrote a wife without dead eyes and not a whore kids who don't turn out like you home in aesthetically pleasing location and i wrote that's the just the, the off the top of my head I didn't really expect this tweet to blow up, but it got 1,400 likes, 180 retweets or whatever. And then I wrote under that, I wrote hypersexualization of women, normalizing divorce, free love movement, normalizing abortion have all been a disaster for everyone, not just women. This is, um, this is out of the norm for women. This is not how they act. I mean, the, where they get their power is from chastity and from modesty. And feminism flipped it. Feminism said, no, you get your power by acting like a shitty version of a man, by sleeping around uh, and don't have kids, don't, don't think about that, and um, work your whole life and, you know, realize when you're 50 or 60 that, oh, fuck, I messed up. So oh, I got a lot of white nighters, but I'm only going to be giving you an example of one. And it's funny because <laughs> one of them on Twitter, someone wrote something like, oh, this is the this is why people hate conservatives or whatever. And I wrote under that uh, under that. I wrote, I hope she sees this, bro. 
because um, the type of man that defends this is a man that doesn't have um, character and doesn't have a constitution, doesn't have a personal constitution, doesn't have standards, and thinks that if they defend women behaving like this, that they will get one of those women. When it's the, 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 the total opposite is true. Those women would rather be with a guy like me who shames them for this because it's part of their weird fantasy. So not only are you dumb and don't have standards or beliefs or don't ever really don't ever really uh, grow as a person and change and evolve with your opinions but you're you're a pussy. So I got many comments because I posted this also on the Sadwater Instagram in the story and then I got many comments like this dude and uh, and it's funny when when people don't think for themselves and they buy into the buzzwords and all that, they end up parroting each other and they end up sounding like one another because they're all regurgitating the same talking points. So he says, why not let women do what they want instead of having them uh, having to have them fit to your ideals? Like, what is your actual issue with women being able to express themselves? Fair enough for you to want a wife that's not like them and have kids that don't turn out like them, but you shouldn't shame someone for simply uh, wanting to express themselves and do what they want. This is my problem with the whole live in the live mentality is that there needs to be actual pushback. The problem with conservatism and by design is that you're conserving traditionalism. And when that's all you're doing without pushback and without fighting and without being a little bit brash and in your face, uh, you get the the devolvement of society happening way quicker. And maybe 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 we do need to to fall apart. Maybe we do need a total collapse for there to be a a new. You know. Maybe that's the only way to get back and go back to traditionalism. So my response, which I kind of wrote, I rushed it because I was kind of out the door. Uh, Maybe it doesn't make sense, but I'm still going to read it. I said, a society without judgment and shame, which we've been living in for a generation or two, is one devoid of self-restraint, beauty, and decency. We've been desensitized and programmed to look at women and beauty as something synonymous with vulgarity. So my point there is that that you know being in porn or being a Jezebel by definition can be a form of of um what's it called Exp- exp- expression I mean really what it is is it's um it's it's a biz- it's a business they're doing it for money I mean that's the definition of prostitution but with regards to people just being whorish and not getting money for it or whatever, yeah, that could be a, an ex, uh, self-expression, but not all self-expression is positive. Not all of it is good. You can say the same about someone addicted to drugs. You can say, well, this is just my lifestyle. If someone is it loves to smoke weed and does it all day long and they're, they're sloth-like and they're lazy and they don't have any drive, they can, they can defend themselves and say, well, I'm, I'm self-expressing. It's a form of self self expression, and it's a fuck you to the man. Why do I need to get a job? I can go on welfare. Fuck you to the man. 
that's that that's literally someone expressing themselves now is it the right thing or the wrong thing i think it's the wrong thing now you can say well is it your job to shame them i can say uh yeah yeah i think there needs to be more shame because this is what we get when we don't shame there needs to be pushback if someone is doing something reckless and no one intervenes then again we don't care. We don't care about our surroundings. We do not care about our country, and we do not care about our culture. So I said, the more porn- pornographic images we consume, the more we see women and relationships as disposable and frivolous. There needs to be proper pushback, and it can't just be con- uh, uh, a constant assault on the senses without even the bare minimum, which would be judgment and shame. I said, by the way, women acting like that is literally the opposite of their nature. That is a result of many years of psychological manipulation. Chastity and modesty is where women have the real power. Giving it all up for free is a farce. Guys like the chase. We are programmed to like the chase. Uh, Notice, and also I don't know how old you are listening to this, and I don't know how experienced you are with women and if you're a dude, but if you're a dude and you sleep around, and the woman lets you have sex with them on the first date or even on the second or third date, you are going to bounce right away. And you're, you're, you're not going to really know why because you're probably not going to think about it on a deep level, but you're going to leave pretty quickly because you're on the hunt. Now, if the woman takes back control and doesn't let you have sex with her and then you, you're forced to get to know her, on a deeper level, and then you eventually have sex, you're not going to want to leave her because you built something. And you you see her more uh, than than just a piece of meat. Now, which sounds more feminist and more, more caring about women to you now after listening to my response? Is it women should just fuck around and whore around and be whores and, and be porn stars and be sex workers? Or should they hold on to modesty and chastity? Where do they hold the power? That's the question. And when you figure out the answer, and it could be now after hearing what I said, then you'll see where I'm coming from. Now, on a lighter note, let's talk about some movies. Because I've been following Jezebel, uh, I found this girl. <laughs> this girl who... Uh, um, she... I guess she reviews movies and she's a deep thinker i mean you gotta be a deep thinker to work at jezebel and she does these 60 second reviews let's listen to the one of ford and ferrari which i liked it was in my top 12 movies of the year i thought it was very well shot i thought the done the dynamic between christian bale and his wife in it were great the 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 dynamic between christian bale and matt damon was great the dynamic between christian bale and his son in the movie was great the whole thing that there was drama, it looked amazing. The sound design's amazing. The editing's amazing. The cinematography's amazing. Um, it's a it's an interesting movie and it's it's action packed. So, but let's hear what she has to say. Her name is Joan Summers. I still can't tell if she's a trans woman or not, um, which says a lot. Typically, when women, when when women uh, fall into feminism. And all that they they tend to get ugly over time, and it and it's actually based that's actually based in science because their hor- hor- hormonal balance changes 
they they start gaining more testosterone in their bodies and, and that that kind of ravages a woman but that but that's besides the point let's hear what she has to say about ford and ford versus ferrari ford versus ferrari is literally the longest car commercial ever to be nominated for best picture There are hella spoilers in this. James Mangold's Ford vs. Ferrari stars Matt Damon as rich dude Carol Shelby, whose singular passion in life is building cars that go fast. After Ford Wait, um, it categorizes Carol Shelby, Matt, Matt Damon's character, as a rich dude who likes to build cars. Um, typically, people who become rich, it's not like they're just rich. They uh, get rich off their passion. So if his passion is to make awesome cars... And he got rich off that. Why are you? T why are you? First of all, defining him based off of uh, how much money he has, and also, I don't think you really understand how people get rich, and you're disparaging him because of it. Let's continue. Successfully attempts to get its oil-stained hands around a floundering Ferrari. Its owner is like, "Fuck you." This isn't the first time Ford Motors gone to war. Furious, Ford enlists Shelby to build the perfect racing vehicle because how dare America lose at cars? Shelby then enlists bad-tempered Ken Miles, Christian Bale, to build the car for him. What follows is a series of dick-measuring contests between Shelby, Miles, and a Ford executive that I only know is that one dude from Sweet Home Alabama. At home, Miles' wife is like, "Dude, we're broke as hell. Please stop." When she finds out he's still racing, she threatens to crash the car with. You want to know why? Because men typically take risks. And and women don't. And that's the interesting dynamic between the, the husband and the wife in the movie. Also, her whole thing about dick measuring contests. And and uh, you, she clearly does not does not understand how men interact with one another. And she this movie's not for her. Or Jezebel. Or anyone that reads Jezebel. Or watches this woman. I mean, can you imagine dating this woman? Can, can you tell what, by her voice? Because you know you're not watching this video, but can you tell she's very, she's fat and unhappy and dresses like a greaser? <laughs> With both of them in it, but he's like, I'm rich now, and she's like, Okay, chill. What type of girl are you? Type of girl who likes to smell of wet gasoline. Ford bans Miles from driving the car because he isn't the Ford look, and Ford loses their first race. Miles goes on to win the 24-hour Daytona race. Then they go to France for the Le Mans race. There's a lot of car driving, car blowing up, and even tears. Miles technically wins that race, but Ford manipulates the scoring so that a younger, hotter driver gets the credit. The corporate man will always fuck you over. Miles and Shelby keep making new cars until Miles is killed in an accident, just like his wife was worried about. Reviews aren't uh, summaries of the whole movie. Like, you, you just gave away the whole movie. And I know you said spoilers in the beginning, but, but where's the review? Also, she says that the, what does she say here? One second. The corporate man will always fuck you over. Okay, first of all, you work for the corporate man. Who do you think owns Jezebel? A bigger company does. And uh, what's your, what do you want to replace it with? What's your idea, Jezebel lady? What's your, what's your, what's, what's your, um, economic system that you would want to implement in this in this country also you hate america she she said something about america before i'm not gonna go back fuck it but um i'm curious to see what she has to say about 1917 <laughs> um it's like this person hates movies and especially if white people are in it she's white and uh and she just wants to spoil them for you and and give up uh 
read out a whole synopsis of of beat by beat what the movie is, but really not get into the details of why she doesn't like said movies. Let's hear what she has to say about 1917. Are you a middle-aged man who really, really wishes you could have fought some bad guys in World War One, Or maybe you just really enjoy monotonous walking simulators. Are you a middle-aged man who wishes he fought in some war? Um, lady... Sometimes war is necessary. Some maybe maybe your comforts are because we fought in these wars. Immediately off the bat, this is three seconds, seven seconds in. She's disparaging people who fought in World War One. Are you kidding me? Uh, what do you think? Hey, lady, what do you think about the United States getting into World War Two and killing the Nazis and the Japanese and all that? What do you, what do you think about that? I, I would love to know what you think about that. Are you some white middle-aged man who fantasizes about fighting in World War One? What? That's how you start off the review for 1917? You... <laughs> okay, one second. Either way, 1917 has something for you. There are hella spoilers in this. Sam Mendes has been billing his new film, 1917, as one take, but you, me, and editor Lee Smith all know that's a lie. It tells the story of two British dudes in a World War I ravaged trance, Tom and Will, tasked by their general with crossing the impossible to cross enemy lines and telling their comrades to halt a planned attack. At first, Will is like, well, this sucks. And Tom is like, IDK, man, I thought we were just going to be taking out the garbage or something. First Who is this for? How are you? You're talking like a retarded teenager. Even teenagers don't talk like this. This woman is, I don't know how old she is. She she looks bad. She could be in her 20s, but she looks bad. And she's acting like this? This is how you're conducting yourself in a 90-second, 60-second movie review? Uh, what? First, they must cross no man's land, which is gross. Then they reach the German trenches underground, where a rat explodes and brings down the tunnel around them. Tom and Will escape, but the whole time Will is like, I can't see. Then they reach a farmhouse where some old tiny planes are doing some battle. One gets shot down. Oh. When when I was watching this movie, by the way, I was confused as to what kind of airplane that was in World War One. I. I, I guess uh, the model of that airplane is old tiny planes. Some old tiny planes fighting. Okay. Okay, cool. I'm at least I'm learning something in this. Down and Will tries to help the dying German soldier, but he stabs Tom, and Tom lays on the ground like, OMG, am I gonna die? And then he dies. Will gets picked up by some passing soldiers who carry him to another blown-up town. Finally, Will reaches his destination where the attack has already started. Eventually, he reaches Benedict Cumberbatch, who yells at him and says that he will probably receive new orders to attack again in a few days, lamenting that war, just like this movie, is truly exhausting. Um... Did she like it? Did she like this movie? I don't think she did. Who consumes Jezebel? Who consumes any of these publications? I've been following Teen Vogue and all of them because of this new show I'm going to be doing. And I really don't understand who any of this is for. Because even... I've met some smart feminists. I can't imagine they like this. I... I'm. You know what? I think this is the first first time i'm ending a podcast kind of confused i'm a little bit confused you guys someone help me if you have the answer dm me who is this for does anyone like this woman is she smart do people think she's impressive i don't know but you know what i do know 
That is Sadcast episode 86. I am Sadwater. Here's a song. Goodbye. I just wanted to be one of the strokes. Now look at the mess you made me make. Hitchhiking with a monogram suitcase. Miles away from any half-useful imaginary highway. I'm a big name in deep space. Ask your mates. But golden boys in bad shape. I found out the hard way that here ain't no place for dolls like you and me. Everybody's on a barge floating down the endless stream of great TV. 1984, 2019. Maybe I was a little too wild in the 70s. Rocket ship Greeks down the cracks of my knuckles. Karate bandana, warp speed cheek. Hair down to the Impressive mustache, love came in a bottle with a twist of cat. Let's all have a swig and do a hot lap. So who you gonna call? Wanted to be one of those ghosts You thought that you could forget And then I haunt you via the rear view mirror On a long drive from the back seat But it's alright Cause you love me And you recognize that it ain't how it should be Your eyes are heavy and the weather's getting ugly So pull over I know the place Don't you know an apparition is a cheap day? What exactly is it you've been drinking these days? Juice box in the corner Long hot summer You got a film up on the wall And it's dark enough to dance What do you mean you've never seen Blade Runner? to your eyes.